Part eleven of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters thirty one to thirty three. Chapter thirty one. How Ewan met with the shepherdess and heard a music, and how he had sight of Alador the first time. Thus began Ewan to be consorted with fauns and to live after their manner. And he slept with them that night in a little wildwood fast by a river and before they slept they gave him to eat of such things as they had and truly his supper was no feast for the fauns live all by nuts and by grains and have no bread also they will taste flesh but they know not the use of fire so on the morrow early they caught a good fish and tore it and when they perceived that ewan loved not raw meat then they had pity on him and they left the river and brought him to a shepherd's hut, and they made him understand that he should go nearer and knock upon the door, for they knew that where there were men there belike would be men's meat, whether of bread or of flesh. So Ewan came to the hut and knocked upon the door, but he heard no voice within, and when he would have knocked again a second time he dared not, for he knew that there stood one within, and listened silently. Then he devised to speak instead of to knock, and he spoke the greeting of a pilgrim, humbly. And while he was yet speaking, the door was opened, and there was a young shepherdess standing upon the threshold. And when he saw her, his heart began to beat furiously, and the beating of it upon his ribs was like the galloping of a horse upon a green road. For the shepherdess stood looking at him out of youth and fearfulness, but the face was the face of his lady, and of no woman else. Then his voice changed, and he spoke again to her, trembling. But she nodded with her head, and answered not. And she put forth her hand to bring him in, and he perceived that it was brown and hard. And he looked again, and saw how her face also was brown, as with the burning of one summer upon another. Then he said within himself, my lady was never so, yet if this be not her body, it is her soul, and in all her shapes I am to serve and follow her. Then the shepherdess gave him to eat, and that which she gave him was no rich man's portion, but without doubt she changed it in the giving, for the bread was fine bread between his teeth, and the flesh was as the flesh of swans and peacocks. And while he ate she looked upon him, and he also looked upon her, and he ate but little by reason of his looking and his delight. And when she perceived this, she forsook him suddenly and went out, and immediately his hunger increased upon him, and he dealt shortly with all that she had given him. Then she came again suddenly, and looked upon the bare board and laughed, but in all this time she spoke not one word, so that Ewan marvelled, and was some deal discomfited. Then he called her by her name, Enya, but thereto she shook her head, and continued, saying no word. And he said to her, What do you in this place, and by what name shall I call you? And again she answered not, but she took two shepherd's crooks that stood behind the door of the hut, and one of them she kept, and one she gave into his hand, and so led him forth. And they came together to the sheepstead, and untied the wattled cots, and loosed the sheep, and together they went hillward in the cool of the morning. 
Now as they went together, Ewan looked about him, and he saw the fawns that were his friends, and they stood beside the valley road in a place whereto Ewan should come presently, and he called to them joyfully, and they heard him calling, so that he hoped they would have stayed for him, but when he was now within a pitch of them, he saw how they were suddenly gone away, for they ran swiftly from him towards their wildwood, and the reeds of the river hid them as they ran. Yet they went not with one mind or one fear, for one of them stayed in his running and returned, and Ewan had sight of him among the willows, peering with bright eyes, and he perceived that he was stealing fast upon them, and going from tree to tree, and when they were at the turning of the road, where they must leave the valley and go upon the hill, then the reeds rustled and crackled beside the road, and the fawn broke forth suddenly upon them, and he was that one that was the younger of the two, and he looked no more upon Ewan, but upon the shepherdess only, and he stooped down and took her hand, and nosed in it lovingly, as a deer will nose in the hand of her that feeds him. And Ewan spoke to him by his name, but thereat he started up, and went leaping after his fellow, and rustling like a wind among the reeds. Then the shepherdess led Ewan forth upon the hill, and behind them was the river, and before them was the little beechen grove. And they came to the grove, and sat within the shade of it, and looked over the valley, and the sheep went cropping the wild thyme and the milkwort, and clanking pleasantly with their bells. And the shepherdess looked downward upon Ewan, for he lay before her at her feet. And he turned and looked upward into her eyes, and as he looked the day went over him in a moment of time, between two beats of his heart, and he lacked speech of her no longer, for he dreamed under her silence as a man may dream under a starry night. Then she rose and led him again downward, and the sheep went down before them to the river, and fell to drinking greedily, and as they drank the wind of evening came softly down the stream, and upon it came a sound of piping, and Ewan's heart ached to hear that piping, for it was of a sad and piercing sweetness. Then his feet began to move beneath him, and he left the sheep to their drinking, and went toward the music. And he came to a glassy pool among the rocks, and upon the rocks was the young fawn sitting, and playing on his pipes, and under his feet was the evening sky, shone clearly upon the water of the pool. And Ewan came near, for the music drew him strongly, and he stood and looked upon the pool, and he saw the sky therein, and he saw it not as sky, but as a great region of the sea, for the clouds upon it were like lands of earth, and they lay there after the fashion of bays and heads and islands. And there was a coast that lay fast by him, as it were beneath his very feet, and it ran to the right of him and to the left, and beyond it was the void space of the sea. And as he looked upon the coast, he knew it well, for he stood by seeming upon the high steep of Palador, and looked out over the Shepherdine Sands. Then with the beauty of the place he fell to longing, and because of the music that he heard, his heart was restless, and he desired greatly to be seeking for the land wherefrom that music came and in a moment it was there before him, beyond the void space of the sea, and the form of it was as the form of Palador, with the city and the steep 
all fashioned out of cloud but it lay lonely and far out like an island of the west and a light was upon it more delectable than all the lights of sunset so that it seemed to burn also in the eyes of him that saw it and the light and the music increased together and together they faded and ceased and when they ceased ewan turned him aside to weep for he perceived that he was homeless but as he turned he saw his lady beside him standing and she spoke and called him by his name as one that knew him afresh and was no more bedumbed and he cast himself into her arms and kissed her for he knew that he had had sight of no earthly city but of aladore then he looked again upon the pool if by fortune he might see that city again and he saw but a ripple on the water for with his hoof the fawn had dabbled it chapter thirty two how ewan lived as it had been in the golden age and how he was still unsatisfied right so came the night and they got them homeward and enya went to her hut where she had her living among the shepherds but ewan returned and rested with the fawns and he slept not but lay a great time waking and longing for the morrow morn whereby he hastened it not but delayed it rather and this is the folly of men that they will look ever forward to that which they have not and take no rest in that which they have for ewan had that day gathered to fill both his hands namely by seeing aladore and by taking of his lady in arms and in a long life there will come but few such days so that it were wisdom to cherish them in memory but ewan remembered scantly that which was past and gathered for his mind was all on the kisses that were to come and folly it was past gainsaying but of such folly is the life of man so he lay longing and arose in hope and continued many days after the same gait and his desire fled still before him and he followed and thought not on the way of his going for to him one day was like another and one night was like another and he counted them no more than a child will count the beads upon a string but enya counted them and laid them by and when she counted them she trembled for she also would have him gone on pilgrimage seeing that so only might she meet with her love in aladore but many times she said within herself not yet poor lady me for none knows what may fortune and belike this is all that shall be mine now the manner of their days was after the manner of the golden days for their meeting was in the freshness of the morning when all things are made new and they ate and drank together with few words and between them was a bowl of milk and over it they laughed one at another with their eyes for about the bowl was a thread of scarlet wool and ewan knew well for what reason it was there yet would he ask many times for asking's sake and enya said how it was there of great necessity for she set it there to be a witch-knot to draw her love to her by shepherd's magic then many times he broke the thread and cast it on the ground and always when he came again the knot was freshly knotted upon the bowl so out of nothing they made much after the old fashion then with their sheep they took the road and came thence upon the upland pastures and while the day was yet cool 
they too went wandering alone and marvelling at all the diverse flowers upon the hills but when the sun was overhead and the air began to tremble upon the rocks then beneath a little cliff they found a spring of water flowing out continually and sparkling like crystal above the pebbles and thereby grew tall fir trees and white poplars and cypresses and plains and on the branches the cicalas were chirruping all sunburnt and the ring doves were moaning one to another of love and below them were many flowers of fragrance such as fill the meadows in the heyday of the year before it wanes and all the land smelt sweetly of summer and the wild bees went booming about the water springs and thither came ewan to his shepherding and he forgot the world as though it had never been for he remembered neither land nor gold nor his old fame among men but he sat with his love beneath a rock and held her in his arms and they murmured one to another and watched their sheep feeding among the thyme and when it drew towards evening they came downward from the hill and listened to hear the young fawn's music for among the fawns there is not one that dare pipe at noon but at evening they will pipe without fear and when there was a sound of music then ewan came always to the glassy pool hoping that he might have sight of alador and when the pool was still he saw it for the piping of the fawn was of a strong magic beyond all understanding of him that made it as happens many times to them that make music but ewan had of that magic more pain than joy for the vision which he saw thereby was of no substantial city but of an image made in water and to find that city in truth his heart was restless with desire for he knew that except he came there he might have neither fullness of love neither abiding chapter thirty three of the madness of the fauns and how ewan forsook them suddenly and his lady with him moreover when midsummer was now come ewan began to misdoubt him of the fauns for from gentle they were become fierce and when he saw their eyes he saw them changed as a sky that is hot with thunder also they departed from him continually both by night and by day and he saw how they went wandering alone and secretly and when they went forth they went as it were ravening like beasts and when they came again they came weary and shamed before him as with the shame of men for in their nature they were divided between two kinds then upon a night it fortuned to ewan that his sleep was broken because of the moonlight that crept upon him and at the last he awoke utterly and in the moonlight he saw the young fawn beside him sleeping but the old one he saw not for he was plainly slunk away and ewan took but little heed of him as at this time for his own head was weary and he had yet no comfort of the night so he turned him and lay still again and thought to sleep but as he lay there came a sound from far off like the cry of one that shrieks suddenly in fear and with that sound ewan also was affrighted and his heart stood still and he held his breath to listen and there was silence for a space and he said it is an evil dream for it is long since that cry was in my ears 
and therewith the cry came again louder than before and ewan perceived that the voice was the voice of a woman and he started up and leaned upon his hand and the sweat pricked him suddenly among the roots of his hair and the young fawn also started up out of sleep and stood before ewan listening and ewan saw his eyes that glittered under the moon and his mouth that grinned and trembled as a dog's mouth grins before he bites then the crying came again the third time and continued more and more and it was by seeming nearer as of one running and crying upon the hillside and ewan thought to know the place and he leapt upon his feet to go thither but when he would have gone he could not for the young fawn cast his arms about ewan's knees and held him fast and ewan looked down upon him and was astonished for aforetime he had seen him as a thing young and tameable and of a nature softer than the nature of men but now he saw the teeth of him and heard the growling and therewith a red hatred came upon ewan and his heart swelled up to bursting and he fell upon the fawn and beat him with fists upon the head but the fawn loosed him not for all that nor ceased not from his mirth and they two rolled upon the ground and fought together the one grinning always and the other sobbing for ewan wept fiercely with rage to be so hindered then at the last he caught the fawn and choked him and so cast him grovelling and he escaped out of the wildwood and began to climb upon the hill and now that he was escaped he knew no longer whither he should go for there was no more sound of shrieking but a great silence of moonlight and solitude and he went to and fro upon the hillside and found there no living thing and at the last the sky began to lighten towards dawn and his strength left him so that he laid him down and slept he knew not where and when he awoke the sun was high and he looked adown the hill and saw enya coming towards him and she was leading forth her sheep for it was time as she came he saw her loveliness while she was yet far from him for her going was both proud and womanly and she showed forth in it the fashion of her heart and when he saw that he thought on pain and terror and he had great pity upon all women and he went quickly to meet her and said what have we here to do for we should be gone long since but she looked at him and saw how he was already weary even in the first hour of the day and how he was troubled beyond measure even in her presence that loved him also she saw how he was soiled and somewhat be bled upon the hands and she touched his hand with her hand and asked him of his hurt and for what cause he would be gone and he told her no truth for he would not tell her of his pity but he spoke of himself only and he said i am afraid for i go in peril of my life by reason of the fawns then she said dear heart be not afraid for i know the fawns that they will be cruel at their hours and i have a spell to tame them for they are but beasts yea said he they are my brethren of the half-blood and now i beseech you that you lay down your crook and leave your sheep to feed as may befall them and let us be gone by what way you will and she delayed and asked him whither and he said i know not whither but this i know that i have fought with my kin and i have dwelt among them long enough then enya sighed and she turned her about and looked upon the valley 
and the sun lay broad upon it and the morning shadows and the river ran bright among the willows below and in the rocky pools above and she sighed again and then she said it is nothing beloved for we have been long together and we have that which hath been and that which shall be but as men say a joy that ends is never long enough so now i sigh because i must bid this place farewell and i knew always that we must some day be gone from it and i waited only for your will this is my will said ywain and he cast her crook upon the ground to be a token to them that should find it lying then he took her by the hand and they looked again upon the valley and they kissed for comfort and for memory and turned them and went together across the hills end of part eleven